Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you, ladies. I sure appreciate that. Good morning, church. Good to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Trust that you're having a great morning. Having a good morning? Good. It's a good morning to have a good morning, isn't it? It's the Lord's Day, and we only get one per week, and so you might as well make this the very best one, since this is the only one you're going to get, right? Amen. If you're visiting with us today, we are honored to have you, and uh, trust you feel at home here at Open Bible. We're glad you're here and chose to worship this morning with us. We have some special guests from, Par from, from Paradise, the great land of Florida, the free state of Florida. Amen. And uh, oh, how I long for home, <laughs> especially on a gray day like today. But we have the Blaylocks are with us, Rick and Crystal, and they're, they're, they're family here. In fact, they've been here a few times. And, and uh, of course, Crystal is Carrie, that's your sister, right? And, uh, and of course, Rick's preached here. I think last year he preached here, right? Brother Rick, you preached here last week. So it's, it's nice to have you with us. And, uh, and the special guest is Rob Arrington. And uh, this is by Divine Providence because his brother Aubrey was supposed to be here, and, uh, but Aubrey called Tyler on Friday and said something that you never want to hear if uh, you're the host church, I'm sick, can't come, you know, and we'd have murdered him had he not been able to get his brother Rob to come, you know, because then, but, uh, you know, just don't, don't tell Aubrey this, but when I found out who was coming, and he said, Arrington, I, I said, Rob, I've been following uh, Brother Rob for a while. He's got a, a YouTube channel called Deer Meat for Dinner. And I've been following him for a while. I get a kick out of him. He's, he's out of his mind. You know, there's absolutely no filter. Uh, I love him to death. And my wife and I watch. I, I, I told him this. What drew me into his channel is not that he's just a great fisherman and I love the fish, but that he puts the Lord first. And I would watch some of the, you know, the deer meat for dinner, and he'd be out catching, you know, all kinds of great fish. And then he'd come home and clean them and cook them. And then he'd sit around the table with his family or friends or guests. He's got people in his house all the time. And think, we're going down next week, I think. And, uh, and then he, he'd pray, and he'd give God the glory, you know. And that really drew me into uh, watching his channel a lot more and appreciating him. So we're, we're excited. I mean, to tell you, when he told me that Rob can come, I, I, I uttered a short prayer saying, you're so good to me. <laughs> you know, because I just, I, I really wanted to have him here. I know you'd enjoy him. And Aubrey would have been a blessing too. We'll get Aubrey another 10 years from now or so when he recovers from the flu, right? Well, praise the Lord. We're glad you're with us this morning. If you're a first-time guest, we really are glad you're here. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of John and chapter number 4. Let me ask you this. Have you ever, ever been asked this question? Anybody ever come up to you and say to you, so what's your story? What's your story? 
How many, somebody's come up to you some time ago and said, so what's your story? Come on, man, get with the program. Uh, so what's your story? Now, when someone asks you that question, so what's your story, um, they're interested in you, right? Uh, maybe they're just newsy, but they're interested in you. So what's your story? And when we, when we talk about that in the realm of Christianity, basically what they're asking you is for your testimony, right? So what's your story? Tell me, tell me your story. And if you're saved, uh, everybody who's saved has a story, right? And I, I don't know about you, but I love to tell my story. I love to share with folk what Jesus Christ has done for me. In fact, I, I met uh, Brother Rob this morning, and we were sitting in my office, and, and he said to me, so how'd you get into the ministry? And, uh, and so, I mean, I tell you, how much time do you have? I love to tell my story, right? And if you're saved, you have a story. You know, it's the story of, you know, how you got saved. And, and so everybody's got that story. And, and there are some similarities. Isn't that right? You know, you hear somebody's story about how they got saved. There's some similarities. Now, listen to this. Uh, what led us to the cross may differ, but what happened at the cross is the same. Right? I mean, we all come from different mm, backgrounds. Some folk got saved. My daughter, Nicole, my eldest daughter, uh, got saved when she was five years old. I was 20 years old, almost 20 years old. Some folk get saved later on in life. My dad was saved when he was 37 years old. And so uh, what led us to the cross may differ, but what happened at the cross is the same. And there's similarities, right, uh, when we talk about that. We like to sing the song, Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul, right? That's a great truth, isn't it? Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. In other words, we might say it this way, there was a day when Jesus Christ himself reached way down and rescued my soul. I like to believe that, don't you? And that's the story. I mean, that's the gospel story. It's his story. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior Jesus. And what a story that is. And if you follow suit with what I've been preaching over the past few weeks, that story, that truth, transcends generations. Isn't that right? Yeah, whether you're a boomer or a zoomer. You know what a boomer is, right? The, older, the oldest person, are there any boomers in this room that, I mean, you, you, you're the beginning of the age? You would be about 77 years old, anybody like that? I know you don't want to admit it, but God bless you, George. Brother George has enough courage to say, yeah, I'm, I'm in that category. And then a Zoomer, the oldest Zoomer would be about 28 years old. Anybody like that here? The Generation Z, they call them Zoomers. Any Zoomers here? Yeah, Rich, you get out of here, man. You're, you're part of the great generation. You didn't even make it into the Boomers. <laughs> Over 77, amen. And you ought to be proud of that because you look really good for your age. Yeah, he's 80 years old, man. You never believe it, doesn't act like it. All right, so I got him started. You see, now I just opened up a can of worms there. That's not good. Well, amen. So whether you're a boomer or a zoomer, whether you're 80 years old like Rich or 16 years old like Ty, 16 or 17, 18 years old like Ty, where have I been for the last couple of years? It doesn't make a difference. The gospel message transcends the generations. What's that mean? It means this. 
that same message will save everybody, whether you're 18 or 77. Amen? And I'm glad of that, aren't you? I sure am. You know, when you turn to John chapter number 4, we read a story here. It's intriguing. I love this story for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but it's intriguing because you read a story about a woman, uh, a Samaritan woman, who came to, uh, he, she came to, you know, a well, and, uh, and there her life changes. You know, she comes one day to draw water from a well, Jacob's well, and, and she's drawn, right? And, and her life changes. And I want you to see just a couple of things in John chapter number 4, but let's begin with verse number 29. Can you join me there? Look at John 4, verse 20, 29. These are her words. She said, come see a man which told me all things that I, that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Isn't that awesome? Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? So I want to talk to you this morning about, you know, what, what's your story? And we're going to look at her story just a little bit. And, and see if we can't draw some, some good truth and some good application for our lives here today. Look at the statement there in verse 29, which told me all things that I ever did. And I want to highlight the words, which told me. Come see a man which told me. In other words, in other words I would say this, uh, she heard the story. She heard the story. Amen. Hey, look here, before you can do anything with the story, you need to first hear the story. And this woman heard the story, you know. She comes to that well on that uh, specific particular day. She's uh, coming for a, 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 a purpose. She's going she's to draw water. And while she's sitting there, she is, she's drawn into a conversation. Look at verse number 7 of our text. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Do you know what the Lord is doing there? He's looking, for, he's looking for an opportunity, right? He's looking for an open door. You know, he's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to bait her into a conversation, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he says, give me, give me to, uh, to drink. And so he initiates this conversation because he wants to tell her about the story of life, about the story of life. And if we had a lot of time this morning, we can go down verse by verse. We don't. So let me just highlight the story. We would, we would call the story the plan of salvation, God's plan of salvation. Aren't you glad that God put it in such an understandable, practical, accept, acceptable way? Huh? I mean, you don't need to have, uh, you know, a proper education. You don't need to have a Bible education. You don't need to have a degree in order to understand it. I mean, he made it in such a way that the youngest to the oldest to the wisest, to the not-so-wisest, to everyone can understand the gospel message, you know? And, and in this text, he highlights a few things. Look at verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, the gift of God, right? And, and then he says in verse number 10, he talks about, you know, this water. He says, Give me to drink. And, and he said, uh, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked uh, of him, uh, and he would have given thee living water. And as you read down in verse number 13, he talks about this, this water. If you drink it, you know, you'll thirst again. But in verse 14, he can give you water which you'll never thirst again. Isn't that awesome? You know, and so he's just talking about, 
you know, kind of baiting her in and, and kind of giving her the truth of what he's about to give to her or share with her. And then he mentions in verse number, uh, verse number 17 this. He said, he said, the woman, in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, uh, in that thou saidest is true. In other words, what he's doing is he's pointing out her sin, right? And so he's trying to share with her this great story of salvation. And so he's talking about, you know, life and life eternal and water that you'll never thirst again, but there's something that we must deal with first. And what is that? That's her sin problem. She needed to come to recognize that there was something missing in her life and something that needed to be dealt with in her life. Won't you say amen right there, church? Amen. amen. And you know, it's a wonderful thing when you come to know the story. There, there's just several markers that go, goes on when you hear the story. And I'm, I'm trusting you've heard the story before where God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into this cruel world. And that same Jesus, he went to a cross at Calvary and there shed his blood on that cross to pay for your sin and my sin. He was then buried and, of course, rose again on the third day, just like he said he would. And today, today he's seated at the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for you and I. Have you heard the story? I trust you've heard the story, the gospel story, the good news story. Well, she not only heard the story, but I want you to see what happens here in this text of Scripture. The Bible teaches us that, that she owned the story. She got it. She said, come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. And notice the next statement. She said, is not this the Christ? Is not this the Christ? You know, when you read on just a few verses before, the woman's in dialogue with Jesus, you know? And, and, and he says, you know, uh, he, he says, you know, give, give me to drink. And, and you know, if you, if you knew who I were, you would ask me to give you to drink because I can give you water that you'll never thirst again. And she says to him, are you greater than the person who gave us this well? I mean, she's debating with Jesus because she has no clue who she's talking with, right? Did you ever get into a conversation with somebody? I'll never forget this one time. I read this in the book, Tyler, how uh, uh, Jack Hiles, remember Jack Hiles back in the day? Jack Hiles used to write some books, and he wrote a book. I think the book was on how to rear teens. And he was on a plane trip going to preach someplace, and he sat down, and the person sitting next to him was reading his book. And so Brother Hiles uh, let the fellow read for a little bit, and then he looked over and he said, hey, are you enjoying that book? And the fellow said, I am. He said, but there's some things I don't understand. And so Brother Hiles said to him, he said, well, what parts don't you understand? And he began to share, well, I don't understand this. And Brother Hiles said, well, this is what he meant. And the guy said, how in the world do you know? Jack Hiles said, I wrote the book. I wrote the book. The guy had no idea who he was in conversation with. Are you with me? Hey, this woman is having a conversation with Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, and she's debating doctrine. You know, are you greater than, you know, what our, our fathers, you know, they worship, and Jesus says, you worship, you know not what. Uh, and he begins to talk to her, and, and, and all of a sudden it dawns on her, and in verse number uh, 29 we read again, is not this the Christ? So she got it. She finally got it. She owned the story. See, it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to accept it. It's another thing to receive it. 
It's another thing to own it. Are you with me? Huh? And I'm not sure if you could, if you could remember back to a time when you heard the story and you said to yourself, I need to make this, I need to make this my story. I need to own this. And you asked Jesus Christ to be your personal savior. Do you have a, a date? Do you have a time? Is there, is there a time when you can recall, when you can think back to when you got born again, when you got saved? I mean, can you recall that? I, I hope you can. If you can, I want you to say on the count of three, yes, I can. You ready? One, two, three. That wasn't real exciting. One, two, three. Yeah, man, I remember the day. You ever sing that song? I remember the day when heaven came down. You guys were playing that the other day, right? Put it in my brain. I can't get rid of it. I was whistling it for the last three, three, three hours, you know, this morning, going into the message this morning. Uh, but, but she got it, and that encounter changed her life. And, and I remember, I remember, I remember uh, a story. You know, every once in a while, I think it's important for us to do a little soul searching. Don't you agree? Where we examine ourselves. The Apostle Paul said this. You remember Paul said to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 13, he said, examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Are you with me? Huh? You know, when I, when I got saved back in November 1979, I probably been witnessed to from 1978 into 1979. And my family members, I mean, they just stayed at me and stayed at me and stayed at me. I shared this on Wednesday night in our, in our Bible study, how I, I remember my name. If you came to our Wednesday night service, there's a long list of names of people we're praying for to be saved. You know, they're family members and friends. You, you put their names on that list. And I remember when my name was on that list. I remember the church my mom used to go to, a little Baptist church, and she put my name on that list. And I'll be honest with you, Nathan, the very first time I saw, I saw that, I said, why in the world are you praying for me? Take my name off that thing, man. Don't embarrass me like that. But they were praying religiously for me. And then I'll never forget the day I got saved, the people that were praying for me rejoiced. They were rejoicing that I, I finally got it, you know. But I'll be honest with you, after I got it, now pay attention right here, after I got it, there were a few times when I wondered what I really got. Huh? In fact, I'll never forget this, and maybe you've done this, but after I got saved, Brother Smith, there were times when I would lie in bed late at night and look up at the ceiling, you know, and, and just say, you know, Jesus, if I really didn't mean it then, I really mean it now, would you come into my life and save me? Now, I won't ask you if you ever did that because I know you hate to be honest in church. But I, I would do that periodically until it really sunk in. You say, why, why in the world would you do that? I'll tell you why. Because I made a decision to trust Christ as my Savior, and I thought immediately everything was supposed to change. Now, I wasn't a really bad person, but I wasn't a really good person either. And I thought for sure some of the things that I was doing after I got saved would immediately stop, but they didn't. And so, Donald, every once in a while, I would say, man, why would you do that? Why, you know? And I would, I would then examine myself and make that little prayer very silently. Jesus, if I didn't mean business then, I really mean business now. Come into my life and save me. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to keep a check on yourself. I don't think it's a bad thing for you and I to examine our hearts. Now, I'm not saying doubt your salvation because once saved, always saved. And there was a day when I finally, I just got it, you know, and I just put my total trust, dependence, my faith in him, and I'm saved. And there are times still today when something happens in my life, and I'll say, man, alive, I thought for sure that's gone. But it's still in there. Ever happened to you? You're getting quiet right now. Ever happened to you? 
Something comes out of you that you thought was certainly gone, and you say, where'd that come from? The Lord whispers in your ear, it's still there, and we need to get rid of it. I love you too much to leave you like you are. Are you with me? Huh? And so you examine yourself. But I think when it comes to salvation, we ought to really examine to make sure what we have is genuine. Are you with me? I mean to tell you, there's a, there's a lot of, I preached this on Wednesday, I shared this in Bible study the other night. There are some folks that would say this, well, and maybe it was last Sunday, uh, we talked a little bit about this, to where, well, hey, hey, uh, is that brother saved? Nathan, is that brother saved? Well, he loves the Lord. Well, that doesn't mean he's saved. Doesn't mean he's saved. Hey, hey, Nathan, is that brother saved? Well, he comes to church. That doesn't mean he's saved. Hey, Nathan, is that brother saved? Well, man, if you knew what he used to do, or if you knew what he used to be, that doesn't mean he's saved. Are you with me? Hey, there are some saved people that don't go to church. And there are some saved people who still do some of the things they used to do. Are you with me? What makes a person safe? What makes a person safe is they put their faith, their trust, their total dependence in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, on the cross at Calvary, where he shed his blood for their sin. And as a result, today they're saved. Right? And so you got to have that kind of salvation. You know? I like the way Paul put it. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter number 2. I once was, but now I am. Huh? I can look back. Uh, Tony, I can look back and convince myself that I'm saved because of the things I used to do, used to think, used to desire, that I no longer think, no longer do, no longer desire. What a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Reminds me of the little boy who went into the drugstore. Remember drugstores? All the old people remember drugstores. Before CVS and Rite Aid and Walgreens and drugstores. The little boy went into the drugstore. He said to the druggist, he said, sir, can I use your telephone? And the druggist said, sure. He said, it's right over there. And so the little boy got on the phone, made a phone call, and the druggist was listening in. And he heard the little boy say something. He goes, yes, excuse me, but do you need a delivery boy? Oh, oh, you have one? Are you pleased with them? You are? Good. And he hung up the phone. The druggist of course, couldn't, you know, couldn't help it over here. He said, uh, he said, son, I'm sorry you didn't get the job. The little boy said, oh, I already got the job. I was just checking up on myself. <laughs> See, it's not a bad thing to every once in a while just check up on yourself. Amen? Because when it comes to this salvation thing, now pay attention right here, you got to own it. I mean, it's, you got to own it. What's your story? And when you tell your story, man, you got to own your salvation thing, right? In fact, don't take offense to this, but I think we need to take ownership of God. Yeah, think about that. Think about, think about one of our favorite psalms. If I were to say, give me one of your favorite psalms, what's the top, top one? Come on, say it. 23rd Psalm. You know what, you know what, you know what, you know what, you know what David said in that psalm? Do you remember how the words go? He says, the Lord is, he said, what? The Lord is what? He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know what he was doing? He's taking ownership. He's taking ownership of God, right? In fact, he went on and said this in Psalm uh, 67 and verse number 6. He said, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. I mean, to tell you, we just got to take ownership of God. You ever sing that little song years ago? It's an old one. Uh, now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. You ever sing that? 
Huh? Jesus belongs to me. I'm taking ownership of my salvation. Amen. And so this woman, she heard the story, and then she got the story. She took ownership of it, but doesn't stop there. Here's the message. I like what she says in this text when she said, come see a man. Come see a man. Uh, you know what she then did? She shared the story. She shared the story. Now, don't, don't, don't turn me off now. She shares the story. Uh, she goes to town, and, and, and she goes back to town. I, I, I don't even know if she brought her pail of water with her, but she goes back to town, and she begins to tell everybody she can see, hey, come see a man. I love the way she said, this is certainly a human hyperbole, which told me all things that I ever did. He didn't tell her everything she ever did. He just talked to her about the fellow she's living with and her previous husbands. And, you know, she was so excited. You know, it's kind of like, do you ever use this terminology? Donald, everybody's saying. Everybody's saying. Probably two other people. But sometimes two people constitutes everybody. Everybody's saying. Man, everybody's doing it. My kids used to come uh, and ask me to go do a thing. And I'd say, mm, I don't think so. But, Dad, everybody's going. Yeah, but you're not everybody. Everybody's going. I'm not going. Your mother's not going. Last I checked, your grandfather's not going. I guess we're not a part of everybody. She said, hey, come see a man. She got so excited that told me everything that I've ever done. What, what passion. What passion. Come see a man. And guess what happens? <laughs> she brings back people. with The disciples, they go to town, and they bring back, back bread. She goes to town, and she brings back the town. Huh? What was, it, was it what she said? Was it how she said it? Or maybe what they saw in her? Huh? Maybe what they saw in her. You know, because they knew this woman. And now, come see a man who's told, is this not the Christ? Man, she's, she's passionate about it. Someone had said this, and listen to this carefully. There could be no such thing as secret discipleship. Think about that for a second. There could be no such thing as secret discipleship. Ask me why not. Well, I'm glad you asked. For either the, either the secrecy will destroy the, the, the discipleship or the discipleship will destroy the secrecy. No such thing as secret discipleship. Are, are you with me? Meaning this, if you really got it, if you're really a follower of Christ, right, you, you just can't keep it to yourself. You just can't hold it down. Say amen right there. Huh? I refer to my brother over here uh, with his YouTube channel, Deer Meat for Dinner. Look here, uh, you would never know, you would never know Deer Meat for Dinner, first of all, that it's a fishing YouTube for most, most of our, you know, but you would never know that the brother's, uh, he's saved and he's got a safe family and he glorifies God and he goes to church and he gets a chance to preach Deer Meat for Dinner. But when you watch it, and this is what I said to Rick, Rob. I said this to Brother Rick about when you were coming. I said in the many times, the many episodes that I've watched, never one time did I ever hear you use vulgarity. Never one time. Never one time did he ever use sarcasm in a way that was demeaning to anyone. Never one time did I ever heard him use the Lord's name in vain or, or say anything that would mar the testimony of the Lord. But as I watched it, I saw it was clean cut. And, and, then, and then I see the brother, even with with owners of companies in his house, 
before he eats, hey, hey, let's pray together. That's glorifying to God. Look here, you don't have to have a channel, dear me, for dinner for the glory of God. You just need to live for the glory of God. People need to see it in you and I. Preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words. Now, no such thing as secret discipleship. You've got to take ownership of it. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't know how you can keep it in. I don't know how you keep it in. Oh, yeah, you don't, need, you don't need a platform or a pulpit. You don't need to be some, you know, fiery evangelist. You don't need to everywhere you go look for somebody to witness. But every once in a while, man, you've got to say something about Jesus. Every once in a while, you've got to tell somebody your story. Don't you agree? Huh? And so this woman goes to town, and of course she says, come, come see a man. And they came. They came because of the woman's words, but they got saved because of his words. Amen? All you and I got to do, just witness. I'm not responsible for people getting saved. That's his responsibility. My job, your job, our job, just to, just to witness, just to point into Christ, just to tell him what he's done for us, how good God has been to you and I. I remember the story of Dale Moody. Uh, one of the stories about D.L. Moody, he was greatly impressed by a painting that he saw. And he would use it often. He'd speak about it often. And in the painting, it was a woman being res rescued from a raging sea, and she had both hands clinging to, to a cross as she's being rescued. He would, use that, he would use that often as he would preach or share or talk, especially in the realm of you know, witnessing for Christ. But then one day, one day, he replaced that story with another because there was another painting he saw that really impressed him. And this painting was of a woman, again, a woman being rescued from a raging sea. She had one hand clung to the cross, and with another hand she was reaching down to rescue somebody else. Isn't that a better picture? Isn't that a better picture? You know what that tells us? That tells us this. Hey, we're thankful that Jesus saved our wretched soul, and we're burdened for somebody else Mm, to get that same salvation that you and I have. Amen? That's what it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. Right? And so you hear the story, you own the story, and then you share the story. What's your story? What's your story? You know, we all, we all live somewhere, right? We all, we're, we're, we're all connected to somebody, Right? I mean, no, no man's an island. We work jobs or we live in communities. We go to supermarkets or fueling stations. We have pastimes and so on and so forth. We all come in contact with someone else. And that someone else is someone that Jesus died for. Amen? And our job, our task, is to make sure they hear the gospel. You know, tonight we're going to have an outdoorsman night. And... And like, I guess unlike other years where we really focused in on hunting, tonight's fishing. And I'm glad because I'd rather fish than hunt, you know. Uh, so I'm really glad about it. I'm excited about it. But you know this. When Jesus gathers his team together, and I'm, I'm finished. I'm coming around third. When Jesus gathers his team together, John chapter number three and then four, right, he, he, he begins to assemble these men. And, and the call to them is a simple one. And he simply said this, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Isn't that awesome? 
right? I mean, I mean you can, we can talk about that for another hour, but it was just simply follow me. And then he attached to that follow me these words. Follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. If you follow me, now pay attention right here. here. Here's what he's saying. If you follow me, I'll train you. And you'll become a fisher of men. Follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Uh, Rob, when I, when I got down to Florida, soon thereafter, one of my staff members at the church owned a boat. In fact, that's the only reason I took the position, because he owned the boat. You know? And if you can't own a boat, best thing to do is have a friend who does own a boat. And so he said to me, he said, preacher, let me take you out fishing. He didn't have to twist my arm. I said, now let's do it. And I'll never forget this. We went out on a Friday, on a Friday, and we were out. I think we were out. Uh, we were either in the Gulf or we were in Tampa Bay. We were somewhere in that area, and we were fishing. And, uh, and I'll never forget this. I tweeted this, Tyler. I took a picture of, of the water and the selfie of the boat, you know, and I tweeted this. Thursday, I was out soul winning with my staff. We were in our neighborhood, knocking on doors, telling people about Jesus, fishing for men. And so I tweeted this. It's a wonderful world. I said, it's a wonderful life. Thursday, I'm fishing for men, and Friday, I'm fishing for fish. Are you with me? And I love doing both. I love doing both. Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you, I'll train you to be a fisher of men. In other words, you get a chance to share your story. And your story is unique, right? But there are similarities because the foot of the cross is level and we all come the same way. I heard a story one time from antiquity, and I'll, I'll finish with this. It tells how that during the British Empire of, of Cromwell, Oliver Cromwell, there was a, a shortage of currency. In fact, the nation was searching to find enough silver to meet the demands of the kingdom. And so a search went out. And so when the searchers came back, uh, they reported this. After a few weeks, they came back uh, with this report to Cromwell. They said the only place where silver was found was in the statues of the saints in the cathedral. Are you with me? So there's a shortage of currency. Now pay attention here. And the only place we found silver was in the statues, statues uh, of the saints in the cathedral. So guess what Cromwell said? Cromwell said this, melt them down and put them into circulation. Oh, you missed it. The only place there was silver found was in the cathedral. Melt it down and put it into circulation. You know what we need to do today with the church? We need to melt us down and put us into circulation. Jesus didn't say wait until they come to you. He said no. Go out, the fields are white, and the harvest now. Go out and get them. Go fishing. Go fishing. Amen? And that simply means this, friend. You and I, we need to share the story. If you got the story and you own the story, then you need to share the story. Someone in your town, which means someone in your environment, someone in your circle, someone in your area, someone in your family, someone in your neighborhood, someone in your subdivision, Someone where you shop or buy your fuel, where you get your hair done, fellas, where you get your nails done. Somewhere in your world is someone who needs Jesus. And it's for us to tell them. We've been entrusted with the gospel. 
Isn't that right? That message placed into our hands. And the only way people are going to hear is if we tell them. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.